You are welcome to Faith to Faith Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. And anytime we have singles and couples, please don't be reminded about that. Glory to Jesus. We have had um, our women's weekend, and we're looking forward to the men's weekend. Amen. And um, I think on Saturday, it will be a wonderful time. And I want to encourage all the men to make themselves available. It will be worth your time. We're going to be discussing some very important things that will help every one of us as men. All right, today um, we're going to have it this way. Um, Some time for questions and answers. And then I'll share some things with us that I already had lined up for today. You know, I believe strongly that we can choose how we want to learn. And um, the way we've decided to learn determines how fulfilled we'll be in life. Glory to God. Are we together? Some people learn by experience. Some people only learn by experience. It means that if something doesn't happen to them, they don't make changes or make the right decisions. Then some other people learn by observation. They are concerned about what's happening around them. And As long as they have someone around them or some story they've heard, they try to start adjusting themselves. Then some learn by instruction. The worst way to learn 
is to learn by experience. Some of you have heard the popular phrase. What's the phrase about experience? Say it. Okay. Experience is not the best teacher. It's actually the worst teacher. Because sometimes after experience finishes teaching you, you don't survive to do what experience taught you. Amen. Amen. You won't even be alive to carry out what experience taught you. But, you know, the way the believer is designed to live, he's not supposed to live based on experience. He's supposed to live based on Firstly, instruction, and then secondly, observation. They are simply told, but because you have observed, you learn already. Why do we have parents? Why do we have teachers? Why do we have guardians and mentors? So that we will learn from them. And not make the same mistakes they made, we should be better. One of the worst things that have happened to some of us is that we have repeated the mistakes that we heard. Did you hear me? The same mistakes that we heard about that quite a number of us as believers have repeated the same mistakes. Let me ask a question, because I want us to have a question answer session before I get into my subject for today. How many of you, honestly and sincerely, would say you have, in the course of your life, Repeated a mistake that you heard happen to someone else. Amen. It might not be directly a relationship mistake. It could be education. It could be financial. But something you heard, and suddenly you discover that you've done the same thing. Let me see your hand up. Anybody like that? Okay. Why is that so? Let me tell you why that is so. Have you heard the story about how most people that board a flight that have flown several times still don't know how to use the what do you call it now? The life jacket how many of you agree there are people that don't know how to use it? Okay. Why? Because they were not listening to actually do it. Hello? Are you with me? Most of you that fly, when they start saying, in case of this, so, 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 you say blood, some of you say blood of God forbid, it's not my portion. All the time you are That's the same thing that happens to someone that repeats the mistake 
that he or she heard about. Hallelujah. Because when you came in contact with that experience, you heard it. You are not listening to it for yourself. Maybe you are even judgmental. Are you understanding me? About it. So today, whatever we are going to discuss, listen to it for yourself. Are you listening to me? Don't listen for another person. Listen for you. Listen for yourself. It will do you a great deal of good. Is that understood? Alright, so I want to take questions on relationship, marriage. I'm going to give a few minutes for that before I get into what I have today. And I'm choosing to take the questions first for certain reasons. So, let's take questions. Now, you know, sometimes um, people ask the wrong people questions. Some of us were raised by our friends. Amen. Not your parents. Amen. Are you with me? Some of you were raised by your friends raised you. Because they taught you everything. They taught you about sex. They taught you about the opposite sex. They taught you about life. Is your, not what your parents were teaching you. You learned from your friends. I, I, is that correct? Yes, some of you learned. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, yeah. Please help me ask your neighbor. Are you one of those your friends raised? <laughs> your friends raised you. Some of your cousins raised you. Amen. Your friends raised you. Your parents were alive, but someone has raised you. Amen. Now, your parents gave birth to you, but someone else raised you. That's why some parents will say, are you sure this is my child? Amen. <laughs> because they didn't raise you. Amen. This, this is not what they raised. Amen. Glory to God. This thing that I've seen is not what they raised. <laughs> Amen. So, I want questions. So, it will help for your friends to stop raising you. you know? Because there are some marriages that exist that the marriages are running on the counsel of friends. Not on the counsel of God's word. Amen. Not even what they were taught when they were getting married. Are you with me? It's raised on friends. There are some ladies here that their friends are the ones to do. Ah, if it was me. Hmm, ah, if my husband did like this, this is what I would do. Say, so, okay. And then she goes to do that. There are some husbands say, they were just talking. And then some men will say, oh, my wife did like this. This is what I did. And then the guy goes home to do the same thing. There are no two marriages that are exactly the same. Amen. There are no two relationships that are exactly the same. You have to understand the uniqueness of your marriage or your relationship. I want to be sure that I'm talking to the right people. So, if you are here, you are falling into one of the categories. Either you are not yet in a relationship, but in the near future. If you don't intend to be in a relationship forever and ever, please get out of this hall. Amen. <laughs> get out of this hall. You shouldn't be here. There's no need listening to what I want to say. Then, the second category are those that are already in relationships. And then the third category are those that have come out of relationships. Praise God. Okay, what I mean, those relationships, whether it's a marriage relationship or a relationship to lead to marriage. 
is you fall into the or those of you that have come out of relationships so if you fall into that category you can keep sitting down so everybody sitting down wants to be in a relationship say yes is in a relationship say yes has just come out of a relationship say yes yeah if you don't fall into any of this get out All right, so questions, please. If you have a question, lift your hand. I'm not doing paper anything. Ask me. <laughs> yes, there's, there's a hand here. Let me just have all the hands before I, so that I know how many. I don't want uh, ten other hands popping up when I'm closing the session. I've seen only one hand. Amen. I see a second hand. Brothers, ask your question. Amen. Ask your question. Two. Two. Three. I have space for two more, and that will be the last. Four. And who takes the last slot? Five. Done. Over. May the Spirit of God help that the question they will ask will be your question. All right. Thank you. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Okay, I actually have two questions, but I'll start with the major one. Okay, my first question. I believe before someone enters into marriage, they should be prepared. So, I told my parents that when I get engaged to a man, I'm going to cut him for a year. Yes. And during that period, I'm going to try and live with him for some months. Okay. To see if we're compatible. Yeah. Physically, sexually, um... Financially, and if our characters work hand in hand, I want to know if that's the wrong perspective. Whether I should, whether it's wrong for me to actually live in the same house with a man, considering the temptations and everything, which I feel like I can overcome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Then uh, my second question is this: um, It's about being in a relationship with somebody that is not of the same faith with you. Um, I've had a Muslim chase after, like, come after me and ask me out like, to be his girlfriend, blah, 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 things like that. Yeah. And I take it, as, like, take it to the marriage level. There's nothing there in trying out new things yeah. and having fun, ideology, nice things. They are nice. They know how to take care of people. But <clears throat> I want to know if it's wrong to date someone outside my religion. Not for marriage sake, but just normal dating. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Put your hands together for that. Very clear questions. And I love when people are honest to ask clear questions. Because part of the challenge we have in church is hypocrisy. You have a lot of people, believers, that have questions like this. But they say, hmm, hmm, hmm. But the same thing is in your heart. Now, let me say, let me answer the question quickly. The second question first. The aim or the reason why a believer dates is because of marriage. Did you get that? So, the focus, the reason why you date in the first place is because you intend to marry. Are we together? We are not, we, see, as believers, we don't date for dating's sake. We don't date for the sake of dating. We don't just date because we, we have to date. 
When the Bible says that we are not of the world, it means that our lives are not patterned according to the way the people of the world or those that are not born again function. So the reason why I'm dating someone, or I will ever date someone, is someone I will likely marry. Are you understanding me? Okay, so if I'm not going to ever marry the person, there's no need to date the person. Is that clear? The second one is, I'm answering quickly because there are others to ask questions. The second thing about issue of, um, now you're, you're, you're coming up with your own safeguard, your own way to ensure that you have a happy marriage. Okay, maybe because of many things you've heard. But you see, no, but you cannot be wiser than God. Amen. No, you can't be wiser than God. You can't be wiser than the Word of God. So, um, I would applaud the attempts of coming up with a new concept. Alright? To say, okay, maybe we should do it this way. Maybe it's going to work. But I tell you that many people would have done it that way. And one of the things believers have to understand is that we have to trust God's methods. Are we together? You, you have to have faith in the path that God sets for you. If God says that, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever, you have to trust, amen, that that method or that instruction will be favorable to you. Because, you see, if you are a believer and you are obeying the word of God, but you don't trust that it will work for you, you are not in faith. You are doing it in fear. The Bible says everything outside. So, if you need to fear, the word of God says so. If it's only me, I will not have, Then you are actually not doing it right. And truly, it might not turn out right. So, if you obey God's word, you have to trust that word. Amen. To see to it that at the end of the day, you have fulfillment. Now, the scriptural pattern or practice or standard for marriage is very clear. You know, it's very clear. Scripture to you. In Matthew chapter 1, let's look at verse 18. In Matthew 1.18, it told us the story of Mary and Joseph. Alright? Mary and Joseph. And it was very clear. It made us understand that this is how it was done. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. That when as his mother, Mary, was espoused, that's engaged, betrothed, espoused to Joseph. That means they've been engaged. The parents know they're getting married. A date had been fixed. Then the Bible says, the next, what's the next line? Or they came together. That means that they were engaged, but they've not come together. Are we together? Hello? They've not come together. Meaning it is the practice is that the coming together only happens after marriage. Amen. Okay. Because they've not come together. They've not been together. But we, I think we live in a day where this kind of thing is also happening. Before they came together. Amen. She was found with the child of the, of the, of the, are you understanding me? No, no, no. So, <laughs> glory to God. So this, um, this scripture shows us that this was the norm. This is the God-ordained method. And um, the truth is that you will keep discovering your spouse even after you get married. Amen. Okay? So the dating, the courtship might help for you to come to a certain level of, 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 of uh, understanding, mutual understanding, of understanding yourselves. But after the marriage, you still find out things that you didn't know, no matter how long you cut it. It's, that's how it always is. Amen. Okay, we'll talk about that when we enter. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, thank you. Next, number two. 
Praise God. Good evening, Pastor. I have several questions. I don't know if I should ask all. Just ask the one that worries you the most. So that okay. we can answer all the questions. You can come for counseling with me. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, let me ask three. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it wrong for a lady to date or get married to a guy that is older, that she is older than? And then is it scriptural to get married to a man who was married but is divorced? Okay. And then, oh, I don't know, I don't want to choose. Oh. This one is your last one, right? Yeah. Okay, can a single um, can a single person give advice to someone who is married and that comes to seek advice for you? Can, is it advisable to? All right, thank you. First and foremost, um, uh, what's the first question now? Age. They say age is nothing but a number. In some cases, it's true. Um, let me explain where age might not matter. You know, people don't develop the same way. I've met, um, I've met some 23-year-olds or 24-year-olds that I was amazed at their level and depth of maturity. How they're still already ready for life. Then I've met 40-year-olds that are still teenagers in their outlook to life. Are you understanding me? So, uh, if you're following age, you're married a 40-year-old, you will actually be living with a teenager. Are you with me? Because the things he wants to do are the things that 17-year-olds are trying to do. Yes, and that. Now, when I was 15 or 16, all right, let's say when, from when I was 13, my goals were to drive a car. Are you understanding me? To take the car out on my own. Are you understanding me? That's my, those were my goals. Um, to wear certain boots. Uh-huh, you know, Th- those were my goals. Now, but that cannot be my goal today. Are you understanding me? It cannot be my goal. So, when you meet a 40-year-old man, that, that's still his goal. He wants to come to church and scratch his car. You understand that? So that someone knows he has come. You know that, you know, he missed growing up. Are you understanding me? <laughs> While others were growing, you understand that he wasn't around. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, he just started growing now. So, in that case, age is not just a number. Alright? Okay? 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 So, I'm explaining that. Now, I agree that the most important thing is the person's level of maturity, mental maturity. Okay? So, in that sense, there's no law that says that a lady cannot marry someone younger than her. But because normally women mature faster than men, some of you know that your, by the time you were 17, 18, your age mates that were girls were more mature than you were. Are you understanding me? Were more mature than you, than you were at that time. They, some, most of them, or some of them, they were already thinking of things that you might not even be thinking about. Are we together? You might not even be thinking about. And uh, for that reason, when you are a lady that is maybe at a particular age, and you, you're marrying someone younger than you, you should be considerate that the person actually is mature. Alright? Is mature mentally. 
There's no rule about that. But if there's a specific case, we we'll prefer to address it on the matter of that case and not come up with a general thing to say it works for everybody. It won't work for everybody. It won't work for everybody. Imagine that um, um, a woman that is already working, let's assume that she works for Zenith Bank. She is like the, uh, uh, the manager of a particular branch. That's where she works. Maybe she's married. She gets married to a fellow that is still uh, in university or just finished university. He's going for youth service. Now, his focus, focus, are we together? Okay? No matter how much she really loves him, the people she talks to, the company that she keeps, he might not be able to keep up with that kind of conversation. The, I, um, I recently was with someone, and they were telling me about a lady, you know, outside this country, that um, had that kind of situation. In this case, he wasn't even really older than her. Sorry, he wasn't younger than her. But the lady grew too, too early. You know, there are people that finished university when they were like 20. Like finished university when they were 20, got her first job, she was 22. She got her first job. By the time she was 26, she was already big in her career. That's big, big, big. You know, I, I don't know if it would be proper for me to mention some names. Big, big, big. You know, people that maybe the kind of people they worked with, or they were working with at that time, were like Tony Lumelu. Are you understanding me? But she was 26. And people like Tony Lumelu are like her direct boss. Then this guy she's in a relationship with, you know, he's still doing my guy, my guy. Are you understanding me? He's still doing my guy, my guy. And, and then, you know, hey yo, hey yo. Yeah, he's still doing hey yo, hey yo. But are you getting what I'm saying? Now, even if he's 24, 25, they are not mates. They are not mates. And it will create conflicts that she might not be willing to live with. Okay? Second question. Um, what's the second one now? Uh, unmarried, I've ever seen married. Okay, what's the third one? So I won't study. Okay, married, divorced person. Okay, unmarried. Now, um, yes, somebody... It depends on what you're advising you about. It depends on what they're advising you about. Advice, even a madman can advise a man that is sane. Are you understanding me? A madman can see a man that is sane. And I say, hey, 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 that thing I make me mad. <laughs> Is that no advice? <laughs> Is that advice? Are you understanding me? <laughs> Is that advice? Are you understanding me? Is that advice? It's first, we have to hear what he said first. So know whether we will take it or not. Is that advice? Okay? I've told you this story before of how a madman delivered a pastor. All right? A madman was naked. And when he was at the, walking into, to, thinking of taking his life, he was just looking to you know, what he was going to jump into the river and drown. The madman was just talking to himself, saying, At the mad way I go kill myself. I go mad way I go kill myself. You know? So the pastor heard it. Say, If the madman is saying this, you know? So he went back. Are you me? That's advice. Are you me? All right. So it depends. <laughs> it depends on what they're saying. But now, let me put it this way you cannot live with the instructions of someone that is not married. But on a single, on a one-case basis, they might say something that could help you. Are you understanding me? Someone can say, oh, my elder sister, or so, 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 this happened to her. I just thought that, you know, this kind of thing should not happen to you. And what he's saying applies. I don't know if you understand me. But if you are saying that, 
let, is that person, can that person be my counselor? That's a different thing. Are you understanding me? Can that person be my counselor to be telling me what, when I have problems, that's where I go and say, hey, see you, see what you did again, you know? this is that, I should not say, <laughs> all right, um, you know, and then she tells you what to do. Definitely, if the person is not married, um, it's different. Are you understanding me? It's different. And I would advise that um, you can live based on that. Now, if someone is a minister of the gospel, it might be a bit different because they're counseling you based on God's word. Okay? Paul was not married, but he was teaching on marriage. Are you understanding me? So, they could counsel you on God's word. That is a different ballgame. The third one is about um, marrying a divorced person. Um, let me answer it first in the sense that some people say, oh, if somebody's divorced, you know, nobody should marry him and nobody should marry her. It depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. Someone, um, the Bible talks about, there are guidance, uh, guidelines sorry, on marriage, remarriage, and divorce. And um, there's a material Ken Ehegin wrote. You could Google and read it. On marriage, remarriage, and divorce. And there's a lot of wisdom in some of the things he shared. If, if you fall into the category where you are a young man and the person you want to get married to is a divorcee, or you are a young lady and the person that is intending to get married to you is a divorcee, it's important to get the facts clear. Whatever happened in the previous marriage, <laughs> it concerns you. Amen? Amen. Don't say it's not my business. No, it's your business. Are you understanding me? Is your business. Now, I was studying something recently and I was looking at the numbers. And they said that the divorce rate of second marriages is higher than the divorce rate of first marriages. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? That the divorce rate of second marriages is actually higher than the divorce rate of second marriages. Or first marriages, sorry. That means that some of them actually think that if they get married again, it will work. And sometimes it doesn't work. So if somebody is divorced, if you are going to give uh, level 5 attention to detail before you get married, you will give level 10 this time. Uh, yes, that I mean, to be question, ask the questions, what actually happened, do your investigations and all that and all that before that kind of thing. And then I will say you should get counsel. There are cases of divorce that the scripture talks about. If your spouse... You are a believer. The scripture says, uh, time will fail me. The scripture says that if you are a believer and your spouse walked away from the marriage, are we together? It's not a case of um, your, the person decided to walk away from the marriage. Then you are free. That's what the scripture says. So in that case, it's different from someone that... So it depends on how, what caused the divorce. How did the person arrive at the place of being divorced? Okay? Right? There are some people that are just tired of the marriage. Then they walked away. Then suddenly they want to now marry another person, which they will soon be tired of again. Are you understanding me? So in that case, it will be proper to walk in. Next question. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. I have about five or ten more minutes. Yes, thank you. Um, good evening, sir. Good evening, church. Um, my question is on the area of conflict resolution, sir. Yes. Um, how often would um, you advise um, 
myself, or I'm just using myself for an instance, to keep being the one resolving the conflict in my relationship, even if I'm not the one doing the wrong. Yes. That's my question. Should I keep, I know you've taught us how to um, be quick to say sorry, I've been living that, and, but I want to know how often if my spouse seems to be the one repeatedly making the same errors or mistakes, um, how often should I go? Should I go keep going, hope it won't get to the point where I'll get tired of saying sorry. Okay. That's my question, sir. All right, thank you. Um, when it comes to a husband and wife relationship, you're already in, you're already married. I believe that one of the best ways a marriage can work is that both of us have to understand ourselves. So, understand ourselves means that I know the weakness of my spouse. And my spouse knows my own weakness. Are you understanding me? I, the, my spouse knows my areas that are not my areas of strength. Okay? So, if I'm married to someone and you just discover that there are some... I'm going to talk about that because I'm going to teach you the la- languages of love. Okay? Now, but... If you, you, you could have a husband and wife that the wife doesn't know how to say sorry. Or in some cases, the husband doesn't know how to say sorry. Now, but the husband knows that she is sorry, but she just will not say it. Instead, she will just cook sor- correct soup. Are you understanding me? Are you understanding me? Uh, all right? Rather than say the sorry, she will even use her salary and do something. Now, you have to understand that it is sorry. Glory to God. Rather than prescribe the with the format, see, I hereby apply. Are you understanding me? To, you know, that it wanted it, okay? And if it didn't come in the way you wanted it, then you're going to make trouble about it. Now, if you've already been married for some time, and you discover that you always wanted it, you can talk about it, okay? And then you will find out, okay, why, why is the person not always saying sorry? Sometimes you'll find that the person say, eh, I know I was the one that boss must I say the sorry? Are you so you know the person has a problem saying sorry. If you were... If this happened before you got into a relationship, it's different. But now you are married, it must work. Are you understanding me? So, um, the love there is that I will, I will refuse to be tired of saying the sorry. Instead, I will help my spouse come to the point where the person can say sorry. In a marriage, what makes it keep working is that people are continuously changing. Okay? So, I will change and expect that she will keep changing until she comes to that place where she will say sorry. Are you with me? So don't get tired of being the one to resolve the conflict because it's obvious. You know, there are some spouses that they are uh, quarreling is like quarreling. Are you understanding? They count core in quarreling. That's, they take pride in how long they can stay. Are you understanding me? Yeah. You know, there are some, some spouses like that. You know, so it's like if there's a quarrel, they are checking. Hey, I will not be the first person to say I'm sorry. Are you understanding me? Let's see how long we will be this time. Are you understanding me? You might not be in a competition, but they are in a competition. Are you getting me? Now, if you are dispersed, you already know that. You already know that. So if you now enter that competition, definitely matters will get worse. And for many relationships, what happens most of the time is that when anytime you have prolonged quarrels, even when you settle, there are still injuries. Are you understanding me? That's what people don't understand. There will still be injuries. And you get another prolonged quarrel, and then you settle, there's another injury. And most of the time, a lot of couples have injuries that have not healed, but they're just they're living together. Praise God. So, you might forget 
what happened yesterday. I'll be talking about another thing. But the, there's an injury. There's an injury. I've heard the story of a husband wake up in the night and looking at his wife. You know, she has to sleep. He's just looking at her. You know? Hey boy, he thought she was sleeping. I just, I'm just looking at her like... But it's not like they had a quarrel just before then. But he has remembered something. It's an injury. I just I remember something that happened before. And then she's like, ah, my husband just woke up. I was just looking at me and sighing. Please, can we... Uh, he doesn't know I saw him. Are you understanding me? So, what do I do? I say, ask him. <laughs> ask him. Praise God. Something is wrong. Are you understanding me? Something is obviously wrong. Something is obviously wrong. Um, someone, in church, someone in church told me this story about a wife that woke up at night, you know, and took um, uh, electric iron, pressing iron. You understand that? And then stood over her husband, put it on plug, and then woke him up and said, I would have killed you now. I would have killed you now. They said to them, but the man was afraid to go back or live in the house. Because the woman is a very calm woman. She doesn't talk. He used to beat her. So she thought of killing him. She said, let, her, let him just know that she would have killed him. Alright. Next. Clap your... That's a good place to clap. Now. <laughs> Who's the last question after that? Thank you. Okay. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Um, Pastor, my question goes this way. As a believer, trying to follow a um, biblical model, yes. aside from personal targets I've set, for, I've set for myself, you know, what are the indications, probably from Scripture, my interaction with God, so that a, a man is ready to get into a relationship? Because I've heard different people postulate different theories. Some say he should have practiced his faith for over 15 years. So say, faith. Yes, that you should have been a believer for over a certain period of time. This should have happened. That should have. So I want to know from scriptures, you know, what are the clear indications? Thank you. The clear indications. Am I talking to the man? Am I yes, telling the man, the man what's the, already? Yes. Okay. Um, first and foremost, a man is not ready if he doesn't think he's ready. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Did you hear that? If he doesn't think he's ready, he is not ready. If you're a sister, don't keep telling him, you are ready in Jesus' name. You are ready in Jesus' name. <laughs> are, you are you getting me? If he doesn't think he's ready, he is not ready. Readiness is a state of mind. Are you listening to me? It's a state of mind. First. So if a man doesn't think or believe that he's ready, he is not ready. There is no rule to say how long someone should have been saved. But would advise that if someone just received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if it is possible, allow them grow. Amen. Allow them grow a bit. Allow them exercise or express their faith for a bit. This helps for cases where, especially if the lady had been saved longer than he has been saved. Amen. Okay? But there's no rule to say it must be 15 years. Some people didn't give, receive Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, in their teenage years. So what about those that got saved at 30? So they should, or somebody got saved at 40. You should wait till 55 before you should get married. I don't understand me. It doesn't add up. So th- that definitely is not a rule. Okay? So um, to, the, to the brother, you are ready when you believe you are ready. Okay? When you believe you are ready, then you are ready. 
So I don't want to give criteria to say he must do this, he must do that, he must do that. The brother should believe. And you believe you are ready because you know that you can handle the situation. Are we together? You can handle the situation. The Bible says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and both of them shall be one. So if you are ready, it means that you have decided that you are independent of your parents. You are ready to, you are ready to take care of someone else and raise your own family. If all those parameters are not in place, then you are not ready. So the, how long you've been saved is not, is not um, um, fixing a number of years for salvation is not really okay. So if I was talking to the sister, I would say it a little differently. Someone can be born again not too long, but the person has See, there's something that we keep talking about all the time that is so important that many people have not understood how important it is. See, if you're getting married to a man that does not have any of you on your own, and I'm not saying this to talk down on believers, an over man that has somebody that he is afraid of will do better than a believer regardless. Are you listening to me? Very important. Very important. So, you are seeing someone in a relationship, or you know a guy, and he's concerned about you. It matters more for the guy than the lady. It matters more for the man than the lady. Because the man is going to be the head of the home. If he doesn't have any proper influence over his life, and something goes wrong in his life, and something is going wrong in the marriage, there will be no way to call anybody to order. Are we together? There will be no way to call anybody to order. So, there's some ladies that are in relation with somebody. You heard the last time that he, 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 he punched his father. You know, say, you know, and you're hailing him that he's a strong man because he has six packs. He said, I need to fear anybody. You understand that? You know, he said, no, I'm not afraid of anybody. He said, what about your boss? Ah, if my boss talk, I will kill him. You know you're already dead. Are you understanding me? You know, so there's nothing to be happy about if you find yourself in that kind of situation. Okay? So, if I'm talking to a lady, it takes time for you to actually recognize the people that that individual regards. Two ways to know. I'm not talking about now someone coming to tell you he regards somebody. It's not by what they said. You know, it's not by what they said. It's not by what they said. It's not by what they said at all. A sister complained to me about how a brother fears his mother so much. And then she said she didn't like it. So, um, she didn't like it. If you know that, ah, the mother will call and say, where are you? You know? And then he will say, oh, I'm so, so pleased that, that the mother doesn't want him to be associated with. And then she hears that the relative is having an occasion. So he takes this sister for the occasions. Ah, my mother doesn't like us related to this. But we, we that are, our generation, we don't have problems. The parents that have problems. Are you understanding me? We don't have problems. So we'll just touch there. <laughs> so when they get to the place, then the mother calls and says, where are you? And then he's running up and down. Are you understanding me? And she's wondering, ah, what's wrong with him? Run, let's go, let's go, let's go. My mother, my mother, my mother. Let's go, let's go. And the mother is not in the same town. Are you understanding? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. You know? Let's go, let's go. This guy is walking, he has a job. Then he enters the car. Then he says, I was at so so place. 
And then she starts talking over the phone. Blah, blah, blah. Now, the lady is concerned. She doesn't like that. The father is not, there's no father, so is the mother. I said it's a good thing. Amen. At least you've seen that he has regard for somebody. Amen. Say no, but what if I, I say, hold on. Um, we don't know whether, if mother and you are close, fine. But what, I'm, what is good there is that there's somebody that can talk to him. Praise God. Aside, don't misunderstand me. But what I was trying to point out is that he had, the way he was raised, he has regard for somebody. Praise God. And are you getting so that he could not lie to his mother? He told her the truth. So I don't know if I've answered your question. Yeah. Next. And that's the last question. Good evening, Pastor. Yes. Um, okay. Let's, my, this is my question. Let's assume as a brother, I see a sister that I like, and yes. then I talk to her. Yes. Then I get responses like, I don't have feelings for you. Yes. I don't have emotions for you. Yes. And I don't love you. Yes. Now, in a relationship, which one is supposed to come first? Like, I know if maybe I'm talking about sister love or anything. Uh, mm. I know that um, I have sisters in the house. We grew up together. And then those ones, I know they love me. Those are the ones that naturally, I know that is already there. But meeting somebody that we, we're not from, same parents, we're two people that are apart, trying to mingle, then get responses like that. Yeah. Is it a good thing or it's not? That's, that, that, that's one. Okay. And then, um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. My, my second question, let's assume. Okay. Let's assume that as a brother, I'm dating a sister. Yes. And I said, okay, can we go and see my pastor about these things? Um, we're in a relationship and it would be unwise for me um, not to let my pastor know about it. Yeah. If you're really taking this serious. Yeah. And then the sister said, no, we cannot go because you're dating me. So in such situation as a brother. Yeah. <laughs> what, what should I do? Is the sister that is telling you yeah. <laughs> that she's dating you, she's not dating well, your pastor? Uh, so, that, that like, um, um, there's no need going to see your pastor because we don't have any business, kind of. Okay, let me start with the last one. You know, body... First of all, are you a believer? I'm asking you now, are you a believer? Are you born in Jesus? Is the Lord of your life. Amen? Is that what it means? Now, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, it means that your faith central path of your life. Your faith is not a side issue. Your faith in Christ Jesus is a central part of your life. And your path plays a major role in your faith. So if you're going to be in a relationship with someone that has no regard for the institutions that you have regard for, amen, the relationship has already failed before it started. Are we together? 
is already filled before it started. I tell ladies, I tell especially, and I say, if somebody is coming to you, he's already dishonoring the institutions that hold you with that sustenance. But the guy comes in and he doesn't want to, he, he's trying to get you to dishonor them. Okay? You walk somewhere, you honor where you walk. The person is trying to get you to dishonor the place. Relationship for you. Problem with your parents, you don't have a problem in your place of work, you don't have a problem with your, your pastor. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then this person comes into those institutions or the personalities that represent those institutions. The marriage is already, or the relationship is already, already questionable. Praise God. Is that clear? Okay, I've, I, I normally have heard that from guys rather than a girl. So it, that girl must be a beer drinking, smoking, weed smoking girl. You understand that? Because I hear that more from the guys. I just, I've heard that where they say, I'm not this your pastor, why should I come? It's you I, I want. I don't want your pastor, why should I come and see you? See your pastor. You understand that? You know, and they use that to um, uh, try to avoid that because coming to your pastor is commitment. Are you, are you with me? Coming to your pastor means commitment. Okay, so most of the time, a guy will not want to come if he's not really committed to it. It's commitment. Coming to your pastor, coming to your, see your parents, come and see somebody is commitment. That's, those are signs of commitment. You are asking for a commitment. Praise God. Now, you ask the question about whether love, uh, I don't have to. Listen, there shouldn't be a relationship in the first place. There is no even attraction. Amen. Okay? Some of you have heard teachings on the C's of a relationship. Okay? Of a relationship. Some will tell you three C's of a relationship, five C's of a relationship. One of the C's of relationship is chemistry. Everybody say chemistry. Chemistry. There must be chemistry. There must be some kind of chemistry. Praise God. There must be some kind of chemistry. So, um, Someone say, I don't have feelings for you. I don't, what's the other word you use? Love you. I have no emotions towards you. Okay. Uh, once upon a time, Dick Stanley stand up. Chief Demand stand up. Once upon a time, they had no, they had not even met each other. Are you as anyone saying? Once upon a time. So, chemistry sometimes is after a while. So, maybe you two, you are too fast. You just say, hello, my name is uh, Albert. I want to, I just want to, maybe, I don't know, I'm just joking, I'm fully alert. <laughs> I don't know your style, but you know. <laughs> Sit down, thank you. You know, <laughs> you know, some brothers, their style is their problem. I just want to, just, just say, uh, hello, ah, uh, you come to this church, can you be mine? <laughs> Alright, so let me, let me teach you something as a brother. If you are a brother, because you cannot talk to someone the way the people of the world do, if you are interested in a sister, the first thing to do is to create common ground. Common ground for relating. That's the first thing to do. And so that's the thing to pray about. Are you understanding me? To create common ground. There must be a, common, there must be a natural reason for you to talk. Are we together? So that they won't nail you before you say what you wanted to say. Are you understanding me? <laughs> are, are we together? There must be common ground. There must be common ground. There must be a common ground. There must be a reason. If somebody walked up to you, listen, it's normal, it's natural. Even you, Albert, you're standing on the road. And this girl starts walking towards you to talk to you. The first thing you'll be, why, why? What does she want? Why? What does she want? Why? That's what's on your mind. Then she says, excuse me, do you know? Then you settle down. Okay, she wants to ask for direction. Are you understanding me? 
Are we together? Or she says, I am somewhere. You are, that conflict is going on inside you because as she was approaching you, what you are concerned is why, why, why? So also, when you walk up to a lady, he's, why is he talking to me? Why is he here? That question is there. That has to die first. Amen. And then that you talk or that you relate should first be normal. Then he now gives room for you to know. I met this guy one week ago. I met this guy three months ago. I don't like his way. Or, I met him, he's okay. The guy that is okay now starts saying, um, I want to be your friend. I want to be in a relationship with you. He starts talking like that. Give it some time. But when she just tells you, I don't have feeling for you. Are you understanding me? Uh, that's deeper. Are you understanding me? Uh, that's deeper. Amen. All right. We really have taken time. So, but I think with even this, we can actually go away. But let me just say this. I want to talk to you. Let it be that I introduce it and then we'll talk further about it. Um, I learned this from a woman of God. Amen. All right. And um, it's something I believe that will help anybody that is in a relationship. Okay. Or intends to be in a relationship. It is it's based on a book. Okay, you can read the book on your own. The book is titled The Five Love Languages. Okay, written by someone called Dr. Gary Chapman. So I'm going to be talking about the five love languages. Amen. The five love languages. Before then, let me establish something. Um, you see, there's a difference between what we call the in love phase and the real love phase. Everybody say in love. I'm in love with her. I'm in love with him. I fell in love. Alright? There is the difference between the in love phase and the real love phase. And most of people that have studied emotions and in a typical or normal relationship, the in love phase does not last longer than two years. What do they mean by in love phase? That time where you are emotionally high. Are you understanding me? There's you know, that emotional high. If the person smiles, you are happy. If the person starts crying, you are happy. Are you understanding me? Anything is, you, everything, everything is fine. Everything is, everything is fine. The mistake a lot of people make is that they actually get married when they've not crossed. Let me tell you the difference. In marriage, there are two things that must, must have a balance. You know what the two things are? Ever say passion. And then say reason. Say again, passion. Say reason. Passion also means emotion. So don't get it, don't mix it up. So I could say emotion and reason. Now, someone said many years ago to me, he said if you put passion and reason. Now, most of the time, relationships start based on an emotion. They start based on a passion. Most of the time. So, whenever emotions and and passions are high, logic might be very low. Logic is reason. Logic might be very low. It means you are not actually, you are not being realistic. You are not being realistic. So, at that time, you see, you know, you see the, the, the lady, you know, the guy was angry. He even pushed her head. 
Then later said story. Because of that emotional high, she didn't even realize ah, this thing is physical abuse already. It didn't all start to. Are you understanding me? Say, no, 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 no. You know my man, you know my man, you know, you know my man, you know. You know my man. Sometimes when he's angry, you understand that he just overreacts. But it truly is, is, is not that kind of person. You are not reasoning. <laughs> you are not logical. Are you understanding me? And most people get married when they're still that in love phase where everything that is driving the relationship is emotion and in some cases where there's even premarital sex is emotion and sex the person is what we are building is a sex mate rather than a life mate are you understanding me okay so and that's what it's all about so when marriage now sets in <laughs> there's what they call reality that reality knocks on the door and comes in. Amen. That's when you wake up one morning and you discover that your beloved that you saw on a magazine cover that you were dating is the one now in the house that is fatting for you. And the fat things. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah, and it things. Are you understanding me? That you have to share toilets. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then you discover that that guy that looks so complete, everything, everything, uh, you get what I'm saying? You know, it's not the way you thought. Then you start seeing things that you didn't. Most of the time, when reality sets in, how you know reality has set in, the two people start getting frustrated about things they were not frustrated about before. Hello? And most people, it is in that time, some either break the relationship as to live in it and just continue in their misery. I just, I don't enter. Wait till I go do. <laughs> are we together? So, many of you now that are in relationships, you are still in that phase. I prefer relationships that before they even marry, they came to the place of reality. When you are, see, the difference between in love phase and reality phase is that in the love phase, you don't tell yourself the truth. Are you with me? So you don't actually tell yourself the truth. Everybody is just up there. That's why I tell believers. We don't fall in love. We walk conscious. Are you understanding me? Alright? Real love requires effort and discipline. Everybody say effort. Again, I say effort and discipline. Yeah, effort. There's effort. But the in love phase, you know, minimal effort. There's no, you just, just coast along, you understand that? Coast along, you just stay on phone at night, you know, and talk to each other and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh, you know, and all that and all that. But when you are, you know that when you marry, you have to wake up and cook. Are you understanding me? Uh-huh. You have to wake up and cook. You, you, you might even be, we have been talking since now, you're not tired. Please go and do, we have to eat. Are you understanding me? The wife might even be around to remind the husband, ah, are you understanding me? You have to go to work now. Because reality has set in. Okay? Reality is setting. I want, to, I want to just write down something I, will, I believe will help you. And what is it? I said love requires effort and discipline. Do you get that? Love, this real love, unites reason with passion. Alright? It unites it. It doesn't stand alone. It unites reason with passion. Now, I want to just jump quickly to the five love languages. What do we mean by a blessing? And I believe that, you know, we're going to talk more about it, okay? 
Pastor, remind me also. So we're going to talk more about it. I hope for another time to look at it because there are certain things we'll do together and move relationships to the next level. Now, um, what's a love language? A love language simply, or the love language of your spouse, is the way your spouse understands love. Hello? Hello? The way your spouse understands love. That's love language. All of us don't understand love the same way. Are we together? And because two people that are different come together to marry, the way the husband understands love is not the way the wife understands love. That means that what the wife interprets as, hey, he loves me. It's not what the husband is interpreting as, she loves me. How many of you know, understand what I'm talking about? So, we all have different love languages. We languages. And our love languages are a function of our personality. How we're raised, our, our mindset, our personality, our mindsets. Some of you, there are some of you that have had the opportunity of being in several relationships before you got married. And in the relationship you were in, you will discover that what Lady A was excited about, maybe Lady B was not excited about it. What Lady B was excited about, Lady C hates it. Are you understanding me? It means that they all have different love languages. Now, if you are in a relationship, especially you're already married, your marriage will do so, I will list out to you the five love languages, okay? Write this down, and then we'll talk about them one after the other. I'll just spend a minute or two on each of them, and then we'll move forward. Alright? Did you get that? There's some of you that are listening like you don't want to listen. Oh yeah, go now. Amen. Amen. Go. It's not by force to learn. Praise God. Learning is a choice. You know, there are some people that are listening to this thing like, it is not, you know, what am I doing with this thing? You listen well, though. let it not beat you. Listen. Listen well. Amen. Listen well. Five love languages. Number one, words of affirmation. Say words of affirmation. Say it again, words of affirmation. (laughs) Write that down. The second love language, quality time. Quality time. Say with me, quality time. Did you get the the first and second one? Should I continue? The third love language. Receiving gifts. Receiving gifts. The fourth love language. The first one is words of affirmation. Second one is quality time. Third one, receiving gifts. Fourth one, acts of service. Acts of service. Acts of service. Acts of service. Just write it down first and we'll talk about it. And number five, physical touch. Physical touch. I'll take it from the top. The five love languages. The first one is what? Words of affirmation. The second one is what? Quality time. The third one is what? Receiving gifts. The fourth one is what? Acts of service. Physical touch. Some of you are not talking. So let's take it again. What's the first one? 
What's the second one? What's the third one? What's the, second, what's the fourth one? And number five. Alright, let's start with number one. Words of affirmation. Now, someone, a, a, a popular uh, person, Mark Twain, he said, he said, I can live on one compliment for two months. And it's a joke, but he meant it. He said, I can live on one compliment for two months. I can live on a compliment for two months. That means, if you just tell me something sweet, I can, it, it, it can carry me for two months. I'll just be remembering it. Oh, oh God, oh, God. Yes. How many of you here are people that you like when people tell you good things? Let me see your hand up. You know, you like when someone say, man, you are the man. As you are going, you start working like this, you are the man. You are the man. You are the man. You are the man. You don't forget it. Even as you are sleeping, you sleep like the man. <laughs> that means that love, um, words of affirmation is your love language. To you, that's how you feel loved. If someone does not affirm you, you don't feel that you are loved. Would you understand me? You don't feel loved. It could be a lady, it could be a guy. There are some ladies that, you know, just that like the husband just said, Wow, what a beautiful woman you are. She, that's in the office that day. Are you understanding me? Everybody wonder why she's singing. <laughs> you understand that? It's just that thing they said to her. That, that means that words of affirmation are her love language. And so if you know that, your words should, be, should matter. Now, I'm not proposing verbal flattery. You are telling her what is true and what is real because you know that that's her own interpretation of love. Her interpretation of love is what you said to her. Now, there are some women that will say, now, now talk, I go chop. That means that's not their love language. Are you honest? Aha. That means your spouse, there are some guys who be telling them, say, my man, my man, start beg, carry your my man till I don't, what am I, what is your my man till you're talking, what am I using? That means that words of affirmation is not his love language. Are we together? Now, as I'm talking, some of you already are beginning to spot areas. Is that not so? Say, eh, okay, 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 okay. That's some of you. Just because you stole your... That day, he wired money two times mistakenly into your account. <laughs> you know, when he wired the first time, I was like, I'm not sure he went to. Normally, if it was him before, if he wired and the thing didn't show it, he will not send it to the next week. You say, oh, honey, the money didn't come. He said, let's wait. To <laughs> let's wait to get the game. Three days will pass. We tell you, let us wait. To let us wait. Let us wait. Yes, but this time around, yes, I, I, then you say, oh, honey, two okay. He said, no problem. No problem. No problem. Yes, <laughs> Amen. Why? Words of affirmation. Because to you, to him, you have shown him love by what you said to him. Second love language is quality time. Quality time means that the person is more concerned about you staying with them than telling them anything. We don't even see ourselves. If you have a spouse, always complains like that. We don't even see ourselves. I don't even know what we are doing. <laughs> we have time together. When we have time together. When we have time together. Quality time. Amen. That's the person's love language. That means that's the way the person sees that you love them. That you, if you just come and put off all your phones and keep all the gadgets and just sit down. Even if you are not talking, they are happy. <laughs> hey, yesterday. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. You think it's battery? 
Praise God. We were just together. We had a great time. We had a great time. And then, for you, it could be vice versa. It could be the man that wants quality time. And if the man that wants quality time, most of the time, he might say, um, I want to close early from work and just come home. And then he will say something like, I don't want you to cook. I don't want you to wash. I just want to come home. <laughs> you understand me? And you are still washing. You might even be washing his clothes. He's angry. That's not what... Love for him is that as he came, you suspend everything and face him. Are you learning something? Now, if that is your spouse's love language, you have to understand it and give that language. Give, speak love in that language. Amen. Are we together? You speak love in that language. If not, any other thing you are doing doesn't count as long as you are not spending quality time. The third one, receiving gifts. There are some people that the way they know you love them. If you go to work and come back, you brought biscuits. He said, hey, you remembered me and brought biscuits for me. Hey, hey. It's not because they will eat the biscuits. They are just happy. You understand that? You are at office. You sent recharge card. You have made their day. It's not because of the recharge card, but that you remember them. It means that to them, you are thinking about them when you were away from them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen? Okay? Now, if you have a spouse that you're a man that you feel that maybe you are a romantic man, you understand that? Brother romance, you understand that? You know, you're a romantic man. Then you decide that you're going to buy flowers. You get flowers. You go, you go to this place and get flowers, you know, a bouquet of flowers. And you bought, you spent money. You understand that? Solid money. Perfume flowers. You came and gave to us. You say, what should I do with it? We are go keep them. On your bag. You understand that? Then you are like, ah, ah. Do you know what it took for me to get this flower? That means gifts are not her. You understand that? But someone that gifts are the love language for them. The, 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 the flower is not, even, not because it's money. They say, you bought flower for me. You might even be bringing the flower to come and decorate the house. They thought you bought it for them. They're already happy. Are you getting me? That means that's the, the switch. As I'm talking, are you seeing what the things you, you like? Amen. Amen. Are you seeing the things you like? Now, now, I'm not saying you only like one, no, but there's one that stands out the most for you. Are we together? There's one that stands out you. The sacrifice of being in a relationship is to settle down and know your spouse's love language. Praise God. Number four, acts of service. Now, there are some people that they are more concerned about what you do for them. Than what you give them. There are some wives that the only thing that will make them happy is that the husband woke up in the morning and he's helping to dress the bed. Hey, you dress the bed for me. You're dressing the bed. You're dressing the bed. Or he arranged the place. Are you understanding me? Or the, 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 the husband inside the room and dropped it in the car. Are you understanding me? You have made his day. Are you with me? Acts of service. That means that is that physical thing you did, that action you took, that matters to the spouse more than any other thing. You might buy a gift, they are not interested. You might say loving words, they are not interested. But you help them at their work, or you help them to carry out a task, or help them or assist them in something they're already doing, then they're happy. 
There are some wives that if the husband cooks for them, they'll be happy for, for a long time. Are you understanding me? The, even the food is salty, but they're just happy. <laughs> Are you understanding me? It's not about how the food tastes. They're just happy. Acts of service. That means that the love language they understand is what? Acts of service. Is this helping someone? Is it helping someone? There are husbands that just like that the wife knots their tie. Are you understanding me? That he wants to go out and then she's helping him knot his tie. And she's like, and you know, that day, the way he'll be, he'll be touching the tie. You understand that? Everywhere he goes, you understand that? He doesn't even know why he's behaving like that. Okay? It's because the wife not the tie. He's even looking for an opportunity to tell someone, do you know it's my wife that not this tie? I just let him tie. True. That's an act of service. So, the spouse has known that and then understands that. Now, the worst thing to happen to any husband knows the love language of your husband more than you. Amen. And every girlfriend, we bind girlfriends in the name of Jesus. If you are here and you are an official girlfriend to a married man, it will not be well with you. It will not be well with you. It will not be well with you. It will not be well with you because I said it will not be well with you. Ah, it will not be well. You will not be happy. You will not be happy. All right. So don't go and learn this one. Don't go and learn love language to go and slash somebody's husband. Amen. It will not be well with you. Number five. The last one. Are we learning something? Physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah, that means it's resonating with you. Yeah, good. Physical touch is a love language. There are some people that they just want their spouse to put hand on the shoulder. So, how are you? And does it. Hey, your hair is fine. And goes. When you are talking, you are communicating, you hold hands. You know, there are some wives that Eh? How you know that that is a love language? You are driving the car. They want their body to touch you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. You have to say, ah, ah, ah. Let me drive now. <laughs> you, that? you know? They, they don't even know when they do it sometimes. You are walking together. They hold your hand. Some, and there are some husbands like that too. That cannot go anywhere without touching their wives. Holding their wives in public. That means that physical touch is their love language. Are we together? Physical touch is their love language. So, if your spouse has physical touch as their love language, it means that no matter what you are saying, let's assume that there's a crisis, there's a, sorry, a conflict, a conflict, you know, there's a conflict. I'm back and forth. I say, I'll say I'm sorry now. It's okay. I'm sorry. As long as you did not hold the person's hand, that story no enter. Are you understanding me? That because that person's love language is physical touch. So, if you just say, I'm sorry, I've told you I'm sorry. Person says, which kind of sorry? That you're not sorry. He said, how again will I prove to you that I'm sorry? He said, you're not sorry, you're not sorry. As he said, you're not sorry. you're not sorry. Is it until the touch happens? Until she holds your hand or holds... Are you understanding me? Is this helping anybody? These are the five love languages. It means that every one of us here respond to love in one of these ways, one or more of these ways. And that it's your responsibility to recognize the love language of whoever you've chosen to spend your life with. 
And that marriage will be awesome, will be great, it will be fulfilling if you do that. My name is Pastor T.B. Peters and I endorse this message. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of around